most used app is probably the weather app. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you want to know what mine is? This was the setup for me to ask you <laughs> what your favorite app is. Marco Polo? No. Draw It? Nope. Um, Texas Hold'em? Nope. It's called Zombies Run. It's a game. No. It is a running app. It's set in a post-apocalyptic world where a disease takes out the human race. And it's basically like The Walking Dead TV show. So ever, there's seasons and episodes that you listen to while you run. Really? Zombies begin to chase you while you run. And you have to run faster in order to avoid the zombies. You pick up items. You can go to different huh. locations. But it's a whole story about like an apocalyptic <laughs> world, which is appropriate for now because no one is outside. Anyway. Wait, first of all. It records your runs. It records the pace. It records everything. So it's an... It's, it's, can you edit out the part where you said, it's appropriate for now, living in a post-apocalyptic world where zombies are chasing you and you're picking up things? All right. Do you want to edit that part? Right. No, I don't want to. This is real. This is what people should be, you know, you should get into the, enter into the culture, you know? And you feel like you're doing that by running away from fake zombies. Yeah. Ask me again what my favorite app is. What's your favorite app? The weather app. <laughs> Excited. I, I am always more excited about your topics than mine. So, what are we talking about? Ooh, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Did you but, do that on purpose to make me feel anxious? No, I did. Because it's working. All right. I'm not. I don't want to make you feel anxious. Okay. You ready? Yeah. So this is going to turn serious now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suited to him." So the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals. And all the birds of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called each living creature was then its name. The man gave names to all the ta- to all the tame animals, all the birds of the air, and all the wild animals. But none proved to be a helper suited to the man. So the Lord God cast a deep sleep on the man, and while he was asleep, he took out one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. The Lord God then built the rib that he had taken from the man into a woman. So any idea what this podcast is about? Say no. Um, No. (laughs) Because you ask me questions, and then you tell me the answer. So it's about beauty, Mm. particularly. You know, there's beauty in nature. There's beauty in when our plans work out well. Yeah. But we're talking about feminine beauty hmm. today. So that was uh, from the second chapter of Genesis when God sees uh, a deep sense of dissatisfaction with the man. Here God has just like created the heavens and the earth and the land and the water, the darkness, the stars. Yeah. And all of the animals. It says, none proved to be a helper suited to the man. So in response, he, he creates women out of the man's flesh and so uh, we understand this uh, passage to mean that god didn't create women so that so that women would uh, dominate men or else he would have created eve out of adam's head Uh, we don't believe that god created women so that men could dominate them or else god would have made would have created eve out of adam's feet but instead 
God took the rib, took one of his ribs um, in order to create Eve so as to say that women are supposed to be equal and on the same plane and help helpers. And then it says in uh, the 23rd chapter, man's response to God having created Eve. This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman. For out of man, this one has been taken. Anyway, so I thought we'd talk about uh, what this passage means uh, a little bit and what it might mean to you. Or, I don't know, neither of us are women, so we don't really know. But I just wanted to affirm the fact women are created to be beautiful. And any voice that says otherwise is not God's voice. Yeah, the crown of creation. Yeah, what does that mean? The crown of creation. Um, well, basically, when I talk to the kids about Genesis at the school, I talk about I, I usually use the word pinnacle instead of crown, um, but it's kind of the same thing. The way that I explain it to the kids is God wasn't God did not want the man to be alone. Yeah, he wasn't done creating the man yeah. until he created the woman in he a way. Did, right? He didn't create man to be beautiful. But what always strikes me as like what you were talking about beauty, the one thing that strikes me is. Adam is put into like a death, like he's almost like placed into a death when he goes into that deep, deep sleep. It's almost like a death. And then he wakes up and he's in a way reborn when he sees the complementary figure that will lead him to heaven. And so here's this idea that Adam is not satisfied in and of himself. He needs a mission. He needs someone to live for. Yeah, the, the ants and the animals and... yeah. That just wasn't good enough. As good as they are, none proved to be a helper no. suited to the man. Exactly. And everything you said, like at the beginning, that's basically my wet, one of my wedding homilies. Dude, me too. Me too. That's what got me thinking. Well, that's what I was going to say next, actually. Okay, yeah. Because... That's so funny because... Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> that's, that's what I talk about. Yeah. Um, especially, like, I'd say 80% of the time, the couples... Um, choose Genesis as one of their readings. And so I always go to that because it sh just shows the amazing complementarity between men and women. Yeah. And their call to live for each other. Most of the time at Mass, the last one in the procession is the priest, right? But in the wedding, the last one in the procession is the bride, yeah. right? With, the, with her oh, dad, yeah. usually. Uh -huh. And so when you said the crown of creation or the pinnacle of creation, women are... It's very evident in the wedding mass because here you have the woman who was the last thing God created. And in, in, a, in a procession, usually the last one is the most important one. And in the wedding, the woman is. Have you ever heard Aristotle's line, um, what is first in intention is last in execution? Yes. So in a way, God created woman and he was like, all no, done. That's it. All done. There she is. Boom. Drop the Embrace mic. her beauty, you know, recognize her beauty. Give me glory and praise for having done such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And um, uphold that dignity. And so what I like the idea because everybody right at the wedding, when the music, duh, how does it start? Do you know? Mm, well, the, the here comes the bride thing. Usually yeah. it's not that one. It's da, usually da, da, like, da. Uh, oh no. Canon and D. Oh, yeah, but that ends and then something else starts. I don't know. But there's this moment yeah. where the door, the back door's open. There she is, mm -hmm. right? Coming up slowly, you know? And I always look at the 
look at the fiance, the, the guy during mm-hmm. this moment. Yeah. And often he's just like so happy, mm-hmm. right? And I think once she gets up there, you know, there's a sort of embrace or the, the father gives the bride to him oh, yeah. to protect, right? To love and serve. And then back in the day, they'd have a veil over her because she was too beautiful. You know, the, you couldn't embrace her beauty until that moment. The veil is lifted. And then here she is. That's unfortunate. I, I don't do any, I haven't done many weddings nowadays where there's an actual veil. Have oh, you? Yeah. I've had two. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad it's still being done. Yeah. And like, just, it's, it's an, an amazing, beautiful moment when the veil is lifted and she is beaming. He is absolutely yeah. in love with his bride. And I'm crying. I usually cry during the <laughs> wedding. So, Yeah. We have a front row seat to that moment. And that's probably why it's so touching. But so what I also wanted to mention was uh, I think a lot of men nowadays, they don't really know what their mission in life is. I think, it, I think it's true amongst women too, but most especially men. And that's why they're angsty Uh, and so that's why i think a lot of guys go to video games because they want to save the world but they don't know how to do it in real life and so they go to a video game to save the world with their thumbs you know they're killing zombies or whatever or fortnite (laughs) yeah so i what i one of the best lines that i heard but john paul ii said this line he said it is the duty of every man to uphold the dignity of every woman Mm -hmm. It's so, a great line. Yeah. The duty of every man is to uphold the dignity of every woman. And I like how it places um, his identity. He can only know himself to the extent that he he serves the women in his life. Because they're complementary, right? Uh, we don't know ourselves outside of the context of, of women. It's got to be... It's just got to be lived out. Uh, your neighbors and men who have... Female neighbors, your cousins, your coworkers, sisters, your sisters, your mothers, perfect strangers. If a man were to see his life in the context of serving women, I think John Paul II would be like, well done. Jesus would be like, well done. God the Father, well done. Because this is your duty to uphold her dignity. And I remember talking to some like fifth graders. I was trying to teach them about they're learning how to be men. And so... They need to learn how to treat women. You don't pull out the chair because they don't know how to pull it out themselves or open the door because they're too weak to do that. You do it to show them their dignity. And so I mourn the loss that that's not really being emphasized anymore. But let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Have you heard of NCYC? Yep. National I've never been, Conference. No. It's amazing. It's basically like Comic-Con for high school-aged mm-hmm. like Catholic kids. Like the Focus Conference. Yeah, like the Focus kids. Conference. Uh, a lot of different talks from famous Catholic speakers. So there's a guy named Jason Everett, who you've probably heard of. Mm-hmm. He's big on um, just chastity uh, in the context of the Catholic Church, especially with high schoolers and young people. And he gave a great talk. It was funny because it was all girls who went this year from Crux. And so Helen and I... I'm Helen McGalley. Helen McGalley. I'm Helen McGalley. And I brought them and we went to a talk two talks one by jason everett and one by oh i'm gonna forget her name now emily wilson they both spoke on that idea of feminine beauty feminine genius calling out men to uphold the dignity of women and just unveiling uh what exactly what you were talking about and all of of the girls came out of these talks just 
like saying to both Helen and I, I've never felt more loved and more empowered after listening to these things. Awesome. That's uh, awesome. It was so awesome. And, and so they got a lot of books by him. So if, if, if this is speaking to any of your hearts who are listening, um, you can look up YouTube talks by Jason Everett. Also talks by Emily Wilson. There are books written, and and uh, Jason has like a primer, like a theology of the body primer, um, where he goes through John Paul II's theology of the body in a very easy way. So shout outs. I gotta shout out my mama. Yeah, that's oh, right. So mama. I gotta tell this story real quick. I'm so embarrassed to tell this story. Don't be embarrassed. My mom listened to a podcast episode. But she said, oh yeah, Father Tim, he did a lot of the talking, and you did a lot of the laughing. (laughs) I was like, what the heck? (laughs) And she said, Father Tim mentioned that he was hungry, and um, he was eating brownies, and they're really good. So I decided to um, make you guys some food, and make sure sure you share with Father Tim. (laughs) She is a sweetheart. Unbelievable. So this is during the corona thing. I haven't seen her in three weeks. (laughs) And so... She gets me to come over to her place to pick you up food. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, Mama Father Derry, thank you so much. You are wonderful. So, yeah, shout out to my mom. She's she's a good woman. She is. She loves you more than me. All right, well, let's be I won't let that hurt me too much. <laughs> Mary Seat Quarantined is a Mary Seat of Wisdom dynamic original podcast.